0: This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. Now, on with the show.
1: Yo, what's up? This is Polly Shore, and you are listening to the best podcast in the whole world, PF Tape Recorder.
0: Hello there, I'm P.F. This is my tape reporter. Coming up, Jimmy Schubert on stand up versus acting.
1: I mean, it's the couple's all coming there, and we are all see it like, uh, you know, the redheaded stepchildren. You know, it kind of really just pisses me off because I go, look, I, I, I've i done some acting. I can act. I'd like to see a, an actress instead of comedy.
0: We're more from Jimmy in just a bit. It's Facebook, not Factbook, the hottest record in the world. But first, as always, fake news. <clears throat> And now fake news with me. After emails leaked containing information that actor Ben Affleck shut down a segment on finding your roots that revealed he had a slave-owning ancestor, PBS announced they have launched an internal review to see if their editorial standards were followed properly. According to their leaked emails, according to the leaked emails, Affleck also wanted to cut out any mention of him being in the film Geekly. Charles Koch said he is considering throwing his political might into the Republican presidential primary for the first time and is likely to provide financial to several contenders before settling on a single candidate. Koch, his brother David, and their team have identified five candidates who have a strong message, they feel, and a good chance of getting elected. They are Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker, former Governor of Florida Jeb Bush, Senators Ted Cruz of Texas, Rand Paul of Kentucky, and Marco Rubio of Florida. All are evenly matched, but Marco Rubio has an advantage in the swimsuit competition, according to the Cokes. Since before the first Earth Day in 1970, environmentalists have argued that solving environmental problems required humans getting closer to nature. Today, though, most environmentalists embrace cities and reject suburban sprawl. Where cities take up just 1 to 3% of the Earth's ice-free surface, farms make up about 40%. So move to the city and stop eating. The Postal Service has narrowed down the company's bidding to build the next generation of its delivery vehicles to three. One of the companies, Workhorse Group, is hoping to make an impression by showing that the future could involve drones to deliver packages. So don't piss anybody off over the Postal Service. A man in the U.S. city of Colorado Springs faces police action after becoming so frustrated with his computer that he took it outside and shot it eight times, police say. IT experts at the NRA say that if that computer had had a gun, it would still be functioning today. And finally, five undeniable reasons humans need to colonize Mars, even though it's going to cost billions, read a headline in the Business Insider this past week. At least that's what some of the most innovative, intelligent minds of our age have to say, including Buzz Aldrin, Stephen Hawking, Elon Musk, Bill Nye, and Neil deGrasse Tyson. House and Senate Republicans got behind the idea when Bill Nye told them in secret that Mars may have a hidden nuclear program. And that's been Fake News with me. It's time for another installment of...
2: It's face. Facebook, not not
0: factbook Memes still big on Facebook, and uh, we did this a couple of weeks ago, uh, but I took, you know, usually I look at the conservative memes, and uh, I fact-check them, and they're usually, you know, full of crap. So um, I thought, well, let's take some ones from uh, my progressive friends on Facebook. And we did do this, like I said, a couple of weeks ago. There was that one that uh, Israel receives $300 million from the U.S. government, which actually seems kind of low. But I think that was the figure, and I confirmed that. And Detroit gets nothing. And that's kind of true, and it's kind of not, because as I pointed out, Detroit is part of the United States, so there's a federal highway there. There are people on assistance and Medicare and getting social security, so it, not exactly not getting anything. But I could see the point of the piece was that we're doing all we can to help Israel not paying attention to Detroit. Even though it was kind of a spurious way to do it. Okay, so here's a meme. Uh, it's, it's from, uh, let me see, originally uh, from We Are Women. It was posted uh, re- or shared by uh, our friend uh, Jackie Cation, friend of the show. And the meme says Women on welfare. And this is a quote from Jeb Bush. Women on welfare should be able to get their life together and find a husband or other ways to support themselves. Gays and lesbians do not deserve special legal protection because we have enough special categories, enough victims, without creating even more. Did Jeb Bush really say that? Yeah, he did. So that's according to the Washington Post. That one is real, like they play Real or No Real on Radio 1. Real or No Real, Jeb Bush said this crazy thing. That one is real. All right, and it was confirmed by Fox News, by the way. They didn't even deny it. They were like, yeah, guy's right, man. Go, dude. This one's an interesting one. Um, I could not really confirm this, um, but pretty close. Here, I'll give it to you. America has been at war 222 out of 239 years since 1776. I found a lot of uh, support for this, but none from like actual news sites or historical sites. However, uh, one guy went through and used the, uh, the list on Wikipedia of all of the uh, conflicts that America has been involved in. And it's, it's pretty close. I say this one, I would give this a, a mostly true, I guess, of what PolitiFact, uh, does. I did another thing. I took, I've been on the planet 49 years, and I was able to calculate that, how many years America's been at war. And America has been at peace in my lifetime for 15 total years. Uh, 73 to 79, and then a little bit in the 80s here and there, and then from, uh, like 95 on, it's constant, constant war. So, um, that one is real. Oh, this is another fun one. Um, this is a, a, another. It's like kind of like that Israel one. Uh, Nine hundred bases in one hundred and fifty-three countries is not fighting for your freedom. It is an empire. Well, uh, the problem with this is, is that yeah, we have a lot of bases overseas, but the actual number is six hundred. And 600 is still a lot. So I don't understand why you would make a meme saying this, making a very strong point, by the way, and then screwing up the number. It's like, that they figure it out? And go, oh, you know, 600, there are 600 bases. You know, I don't think 600 is enough to really convince people, though. Let's just make it 900. Who's going to check, right? But um, a very good point. Uh, we have way too many bases in way too many countries. But it is not 900. It is, in fact, 600. All right. And finally, the big finish here. Uh, Coincidence. Fracking was patented by Halliburton and given an exemption from the Clean Water Act by Dick Cheney. Is that true? In 2005, Congress passed the Energy Policy Act, which set forth lots of new rules for folks in the energy business, oil and gas companies and whatnot. The bill also included what's known as the Halliburton Loophole, which exempted fluids used in the process of hydraulic factoring from bothersome federal regulations. The loophole made it so that the fracking companies don't have to disclose the chemicals they're using. They don't have to get permits that other companies have to get. Lots of things. They're effectively exempt from
2: regulation. Okay, so you
0: get the idea there. Um, yes, uh, that is true. And uh, that is uh, Facebook, not Factbook. And sometimes there are facts on Facebook, but more often than not.
2: It's Facebook, not Factbook.
0: Jimmy Schubert's a stand-up comedian originally from Philadelphia, PA. You've seen him acting on all kinds of TV shows and movies. He was in the last season of Last Comic Standing, where he placed in the top ten. Here now is your interview with Jimmy Schubert. Okay, hey, joining us on BF State Recorder, it's Jimmy Schubert. Jimmy, how are you?
1: Good, Ben. How are you doing?
0: Good, good. I spoke to your buddy, uh, Rocky LaPorte, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he oh, said,
1: nice. "Yeah, he That's says funny. you're
0: crazy." <laughs>
1: he said, "I'm crazy."
0: Yeah, I guess you guys toured together on the last Comic Standing tour, so I guess you got to spend some time together. And he said, "You're off the rails, man." But I don't think anyone's surprised ah. by that. So yeah, uh, it
1: was it was fun, man. He's uh, Rocky's a good dude. I'm glad they I'm glad they picked Rocky. I was I was I was pulling for Rocky the whole time, you
0: know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, I was telling Rocky the when they first announced the first 100, of course, I immediately went to the list and uh, immediately decided I was going to root for the guys that I knew, uh, which included you and Rocky, of course. But uh, I did become fans of some other people I'd never heard of before, like Joe Mashey and uh, I'd never seen Rodman before, Um, because I guess these guys had either just stayed in New York City or just toured parts of the country that aren't Minneapolis or Cincinnati where I mostly, uh, you know, do interviews for.
1: Well, you know, that's the great thing about that show, uh, and I will say this, because it had a three-year hiatus. Yeah. And when I decided to bring back the show, um... You know, and me and Rocky had you know, auditions for that show like in season three, and I think we got, uh, you know, I think of a stripper one that year or something, or we got beat by, you know, the, the people they were picking were not really stand-up comics per se. Right. And, you know, you make a good point, like Rodman and Joe Back, I mean, there are a lot of guys out there that are making their living doing stand-up comedy and they have for a long time and they're very funny and no one knows who they are. Exactly. And that's the great thing about mass Comic Standing is it gives exposure to guys like, being Rocky, but also guys like Joe Mackey who haven't been doing as long, or I had a Rodriguez. You know, uh, I mean, it's, that's the the great thing about that show. So, and I, and I like the way they did it this year. They brought back, they picked a lot of veteran people, and they were smart to do that because as the show goes, uh, I mean, you know, if you have a young of experienced experience, talent, you just run out of material.
0: Yeah. And um, yeah, then they said, you know, they didn't it, audition like, you know, those, those kind of semi-phony auditions they had years ago, where some of them were actual auditions, but then some people were actually invited, and other people, they just they put up there just because they knew it was going to be one of those American Idol-type things, like, oh, they really think they can sing, but they can. Well, this guy thinks he's funny, but he's really not. Wah, wah.
1: Well, you know, the thing is, like you're kidding yourself. You think any Tom, Dick, and Harry's going to walk in off the street yeah. and compete with a guy like Rock Report, or DC Benny, and myself, or even Rodman, yeah, you know, twenty years of the game. Oh yeah, it's just not going to happen. It's not even, you know, it's just not. And and they were smart to do that because that is, I think that was really one of the sillier things of the show. You know, yeah. if like you're up there competing against a guy in a duck outfit and a gorilla costume, and you don't know, yeah, yeah, make any
0: sense although, at all. <laughs> although he wasn't, he wasn't as awful as I thought that because I, I guess that's a shtick that he's been doing for years. That Mel Silverback. I mean, it was a one note. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a one note thing, but I thought, well, this okay. This is, I mean, at least for what for what this is, what they're trying to do, it was it was okay. But um, yeah, well, I see. Well,
1: here here is the other thing that I, that I like that, that wanted did is you can't stand a comedy the respect it deserves. Yes, I mean, I'm not soggy the dunk tank clown. I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm a professional comedian. Yeah, and you know, people look at you like, you're, you know, what, what are you a clown in the playing clothes division? No. Yeah. I'm a professional comedian, and when you do stuff like that, you diminish the art form. And you have to deal with it on a regular basis when you live in Hollywood. I mean, they look at uh, you know comedians, and I don't know what happens for some reason. Comedians always seem like it's I mean, it's the toughest art form to do, and we're always treated like uh, you know the redheaded stepchildren of the arts.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah.
1: And and I just you know it kind of really just pisses me off because I thought, look, look, I, I I've done some acting. I can act. I'd like to see that an actor is instead of comedy. I mean, it's a really tough art form. It just pisses me off a little bit that people kind of undermine it. You oh know?
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was having this conversation but, with somebody else a couple of weeks ago where he said, like, you know, with, with singing, you know, maybe you could find someone who's never performed before that's got a good voice that could, you know, do well in a competition like that. But stand up, you only get good by doing it. Period. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sure. Um, yeah, and uh, like you said, Wanda gave it the you know the respect it deserved, I think, which made a a, a huge uh, difference uh, in, in the show. Uh, but uh, I understand. I guess it's, it was going to come back. Some people have been called to audition for it, but now I guess it's going it, to they're they have it on hold for a few months.
1: Well, you know, I just they getting ready to go back, and I just talk. I know a couple guys that are doing it this year. So yeah, I mean that was the whole thing. I mean, I think Wanda, you know, is a touring pro and has done it at a high level for a long time. And I think what she was trying to do, it was capture and put on uh, the comedian's process on display, which I think they, they they did to a certain extent, you know.
0: Yeah. So, like, so it, I guess it's uh, widened your audience, certainly.
1: Yeah, it has. I, I mean, I got uh, I got no complaints with the show. I'm very uh, I'm very happy. You know, I, I mean, I, I had a good outing on that show. I mean. Uh, I
0: thought my stand-up stood out on it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, some crazy... I think it showcased you. Uh, and your kind of comedy, too, I think, it worked a little better for that kind of... Uh, you Because know, a lot of people, like, maybe longer-form guys that have, like, truly long-form stuff, maybe they kind of have a, a disadvantage, but, you know, guys that can really, you know... Do, well, do you know, I'm, I'm actually... I
1: work in a really short story form. I mean, I work in a... Uh, I, I mean, I had to shorten my stuff up for the show. I mean, I, yeah. I, I really kind of worked on those sets. Sets hard to uh, to get them down to like the four minutes and 30 seconds because if you come see my club set, my stuff is longer. Yeah. And I, you know, when I was doing that show, I was in editing mode and trying to get the sets done to four minutes, and now that I'm off the show, I'm in writing mode and expanding some of those bits. I mean, you know, the Therapy Cat bit has grown into like a seven-minute, eight-minute bit now.
0: Okay. that's good. So was that written or, for the show? Know,
1: it's just, You know, and that's what I do. I, I like yeah. to get a premise. I like to get a hold of a premise and really write on it. I mean, like, kind of exhaust the premise while you're writing it, because then then people go, wow, that, that is a full full bit. I mean, that's the way you do it. You know, that's the way I like to do it anyway.
0: So, like, do you, uh, like, because sometimes when I'm, like, uh, writing different things, I'll kind of have it in my head while I'm cleaning the house and stuff, and then it'll just, something will pop into my head. Do you do that with a bit, like, walking around during the day, and then, like, oh, God, I can't wait to get on stage and, and add that little punch to it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's funny, because I was doing a bit, about self-checkout self in the grocery store. Yeah. Which I think is kind of obnoxious. I mean, there's a couple of things that are obnoxious about the grocery store. Now, they want you to check yourself out. I go, oh, uh, did I accidentally fill out a job application while I was over in produce?
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't work for you. I'm not taking the 15-minute shift on self-checkout. I just didn't sit to a two-hour interview with a fat guy named Bob whose collar so tight it makes his neck... Look like someone tried to jam a pillow into a Pringles can. <laughs> so it starts with that. And yeah. I go, you know, I I know. I, I don't want to I'm done I don't want to deal with machines, okay? I want the human contact. I want to deal with the board cashier. I want to ask me if I have any coupons, which yeah. I don't
2: because I've
1: got a housewife from nineteen seventy six who's got time to sit at home all day and clip coupons. I mean maybe you should pick up a part time job and save yourself the seventeen cents of the six containers of Yo play. In the large can of mushroom soup. So it started as that bit, and then I started going to the supermarket, and I noticed that the, uh, <clears throat> I noticed that the, uh, the dairy section had become overrun with yogurt. I mean, uh,
2: if yes. you go back
1: there, it's just a wall of yogurt. Now there's four million varieties. I'm know how many flavors of yogurt do the, these bitches need? I mean, you can't even reach for a quarter, two percent, when i are bumping some honey, mango, key lime, apricot, kiwi flavor of yopla.
0: And you got uh, that Greek yogurt uh, I mean, now too. It,
1: it is a wall of yogurt. I mean, butter and margarine are in the corner. Go. We used to run the dairy section. <laughs>
2: so
1: I, I start with these ideas and yeah. these bits, and and then I go and 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 you know and, and clearly there's you know I look at it and just kind of approach like clearly there's been a little illegal yogurt immigration. I go Greek yogurt. What is Greek yogurt? I mean, what is that? Uzo and milk and a didactic lecture on the perils of an intellectualized democracy. <laughs> Greek yogurt, finally. A yogurt with Aristotelian ideas. Great, that's what I need. A yogurt with a little culture. <laughs> hey, Greece, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you get your unemployment rate below 87% before you worry about the probiotics in my lower GI, okay? <laughs> hey, Greece, get your shit together before you worry about getting my shit together, all right? <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that bit, I mean, it just starts by, you know, it starts with an interesting idea for previous and then I just kind of Yeah add on to it and it's it's and it's a line and it's another line and I love the word Aristotelian. You know, when it comes to Greek yogurt with the <laughs> with the what it was it, a didactic lecture, like, the pearls of intellectual life democracy, but it's the wording. It really is. Uh, I mean a precision I am a wordsmith. Carlin was one of my favorite comedians. I love the way he played with language. I love yeah. doing that in my own stats. I love putting the you know, coming up with those words and putting them together and, and then putting some performance elements on it. And just, just, uh, you know, when, when people come to see it, that they, they just, they go, Oh, that's the way stand up's done. It's done. It. It's the way you do it at a high level. You know, right. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, uh, you know, I work my ass off on my act. That's why I kinda, that's why I kind of sit there and, and, and that's why I get a little upset at heck but I was going okay, I, I've, been, I've spent, you know, uh, six months working on this bit and, you, and you're drunk enough that you don't, you know what I mean? I just, I'd like to uh anyway the, yeah it's, it's 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 a lot of fun but I I, I like to make these four presentations you
0: know Yeah uh, doing that tour and doing that show did you um get kind of a different perspective as to you know as far as what uh the audience is like cuz it was I, I imagine maybe it was not quite like your usual audience that you've been used to perform or was it or was it Well no
1: no no the comedy fans I mean like I love performing in front of comedy fans people that know they're coming to see a comedy show. That's it. I mean, that's the extent of it. I I just, you know, people who know that they're coming and you know they're going to get your jokes, not going to take anything too seriously. Like in this day and age, it it seems to be getting tougher and tougher because it seems like people are, uh, I don't want to say they're kind of, you know, especially younger audiences, they have no point of reference. They just, I mean, if you're not talking about drinking or fucking, they have no idea.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know,
1: they have no idea. That's why I like you know, I like an older audience that's good like thirty, thirty five to fifty five. They have a point of reference, they lived a little bit, they know it, you know, they they got reference, they've traveled, they know what it's like to go to an airport, you know. Yeah. Young kids just sit there and stare at you, they have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of comics that I have that talked to that, is, that started out when they were young, and I guess I would you would fall in that category. You started out uh, pretty young too. They say that all their old jokes were about partying and you know drinking and, and chicks or dudes if it's you know a gal or you know whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I started doing this when I was young too. I started doing this when I was like seventeen. So I, I mean, I I get it. You know, my my point of view changed so much from the time I was seventeen to the time I was thirty. It's like wow, Jesus, you know, it's it's crazy. But but I, I get it. But you no, know, I'd rather do a an older educa an older educated audience. You know what I mean? Uh,
0: yeah. So when you're when you're going about, you know, traveling, touring, just you know, doing your day to day uh stuff, do you find l- little bits and pieces you can think, well, this could possibly be a bit, or does something have to hit you kind of strongly and and uh, something about it, like the therapy well, cat lady, you know, I or whatever. I usually
1: start. I usually start with an idea that pisses me off, like you know, like I you know, I was doing the TSA bit as I was like going through the airport. Uh, you know, I, I just, I just think it's like this cosmetic security at, oh, yeah. at the end of the day, if you really look at it, it's this cosmetic security designed to make people feel safer about flying with a jobs creation program that's got completely out of hand now. Yep. I mean, it, it really is, it's a joke. And so I go after them. I mean, like you know, and and like they know I fly every week. Right. If you could come up with like a domestic passport something I you know, I fly every week. Why you busted my boss? Yeah. You know, I mean, I was just in Asia. I just got back from a tour in Asia. I was over in Hong Kong and Shanghai and Singapore and Macau. And I just got back from a little three week tour over there. And it's, I find it easier to go from country to country in Asia than to go from state to state in the United States. I mean, we have really kind of, uh, I mean, it's like, oh my God, this is so convenient. This so awesome. And then how do we ruin it and make it not convenient and awesome? I I mean, you know, we we got this. This, I mean, they're all about efficiency over there, and we're all about you know uh, making it, uh, you you know,
0: grease and palms. What's that? Grease and palms. People get paid for that. I used to work in the airport. And uh, those big machines they have, the big General Electric logo on them, well, you know, yeah. they right there by accident. <laughs> you know, General Electric didn't say, oh, by the way, we have this great, you know, they they grease some palms to get those things going. And, of course, they didn't work. And then they had the powder thing, and that didn't work. And all the stuff that never works, and they use them for six months, and then they move on to the next contractor to, you know, line their pockets. It's just crazy. Yeah,
1: and, and in the meantime, they've taxed your ticket, they put put additional money on top of it. So now, it's it's a it's very expensive to fly because you gotta pay, you know, all well, this extra money on a ticket to, to, for security. And, and and quite frankly, I mean, you know, we're the only country that that that, that doesn't have a like you know, we we even have to scramble to get a security thing in place. You know, it's like it's like socialized medicine. We're in the only country after World War II to not come up with a with socialized medicine and now we're we're dealing with the Affordable Care Act, which is a complete uh,
2: you know, from yeah. what I
1: understand, I mean, I actually have insurance through through after inside, but uh, but from everybody, I, from every from everything I can gather, people are not happy with
0: it. Yeah, Well, it's not you know, and that's not the system we wanted. We should have gone either either all in or not. You know, this this halfway thing is probably the. the, the yeah, well, I
1: don't know how the IRS uh, factors into my health care, You know what I mean, or or you know, it's it's just it just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I mean, we go on for hours with the idiots that run this country and the oh, fact yeah. that people the the, the fact that the people deal with it is beyond I, I mean, you know, unfortunately anything short of a revolution is not going to fix it because these people are absolutely the the most horrible people. Where they they I, I mean, I I've gotten so sick I'm just kind of throwing my hands up. I don't even care about Democrats or Republicans. I think they're all crooked. Yeah. They've been selling us out for the last 30 years. And,
0: well, yeah. And it's... this
1: is just uh, further evidence of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you can't tell me that if someone supports your, your uh, bid for, for office or something like that that they're not going to expect something down the road. That's crazy. Of course they are.
1: Yeah, well, they you know, all those politicians that go up there, maybe they have a couple hundred thousand dollars in the bank, and they are for a four-year term. They're all millionaires. They all come out and leave the office millionaires.
0: Yeah. And that, But they spend half their time at least, uh, you know, phoning up people trying to get money. They had a thing on uh, NPR about that a couple years ago where they followed one of this congressmen and he took them along and down to this room that they go into and they all sit at this big long table and they phone up people in their district to ask for money. It's crazy. Go make some yeah. laws. <laughs> so do you follow politics much anymore or are you still, like you said, you've just kind of... No, I,
1: you know what, I find I'm much happier if I don't. Yeah, I'm much happy right now because I mean it's like you know it would be like you know I mean if you tried to smuggle some common sense into some of these government buildings they would tackle you and then they would quarantine you for having a, ha- uh, a hazardous material, you know. Yeah. I, I mean I, I think it- it's it's I I just I can't even get involved in it. It's just it's ridiculously stupid and it doesn't even make a difference what side of the fence you're on. I think they're all crooked. They've been selling us out. The American dream has been dissolved for the last thirty years. I mean, you know, if you, you know, if you, if you're on the government tip, well, then that's what I want you. But if, you know, if you're an independent contractor or you're you're trying to run a business, then they, they seem to go out of the way to punish you a little bit.
0: Yeah, but and you're, but as a, a kind of a, an, you're a kind of an independent businessman yourself. Things are going well for you, especially after uh, uh, last comic and all that. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it is, actually. I, I mean, you know, look, I've been working my tail off for the last 25 years. I've done some acting stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was the funny thing about Last Comic Standing is all the stuff they were dangling in front of me, you know, TV and movies. I mean, I've already really done that. I've had development deals. I've yeah. done uh, projects to develop my own sitcoms. So for me, it really was all about the exposure, getting the exposure yep. and, get, and finding a new audience. And and really, the, the I loved about The Last Comic Standing is that it got me writing again. And I got a new hour. i would have to take a Netflix special in August. So I'm really, I'm really kind of uh, really digging where I'm at, and I'm digging. The, you know, the audiences are really coming out to see me now. So it, it really is very, very cool.
0: Yeah. Did you um, did, were you a little more at ease, you think, than some of the younger guys and gals, or did is was it still, you know, there was still something at stake as far as getting the exposure? So you you know, you were still a little. uh now, Well, it.
2: you know, it, look, you
1: know, what you have to realize, it's all make believe. I mean, it, it wasn't like it, it's like it's. It's just uh, it's a phony thing. I, I mean, it's kind of like, hey, we're gonna put you in these circumstances, and it's, gonna, and it's like, well, well, what's gonna happen if I if I don't win the thing? Oh, big deal! I still get all the exposure out of it. <laughs> it's, it's like you know, it's like the like, it's like the show of the first forty eight, where you know they have forty eight hours to solve the crime, but they really don't have forty eight hours to solve the crime. I mean, they'll they'll go on, they'll do other work about it. So it's kind of weird, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it's just this. They kind of create these scenarios in order to create pressure, but it's it really was kind of I mean I, I really was looking at it was like kind of silly. I thought there were I thought there were better real world uh executions of of, ch- of challenges they could have done. Yeah. I mean I thought you could have sat with T V writers and pitched your own show idea. Oh, and yeah. the, the winner of the person who pitched you know, actually working towards the goal, which was developing and pitching your own show idea or uh, you know, this next event is sponsored by uh, you're all going to showcase and the winner of the thing will then fly to Vegas in a helicopter and do a, a corporate show for 6,000 liquor reps for absolute vodka or, you know what I mean? I mean, you could have intergrained, I mean, I, I like, if you take the, uh, the, 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 the template for a celebrity apprentice and you put that over last comic standing with real world kind of challenges, I think you might have a, it might be a little bit better, you know. what I mean, or, or real world challenges like that I would face every day because I'm not going to be on a tour bus at Universal yeah. giving a tour. You know, what that's I mean? true.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Uh, one other thing about that was it and I asked Rocky kind of the same thing because you guys had seemed had seen it the most years under your belt there. Um, was it odd getting you know advice from the judges, or did you maybe just take it a different way than some of the younger folks? Because you know you'd been doing this, you know, certainly almost as long as Roseanne, probably you know as long as the other two. And Keenan's not even really a stand-up, even though he's got a great comic mind. Uh, how did you like internalize that stuff? It was do we able really to take something from it, or?
1: Well, you know, you went into the show, so play nice.
2: I
0: yeah. mean,
1: you signed on for it, and that's what the deal was. So play nice. I mean, re- real realistically, I, I you know, I mean, I'm sure I had friends of mine who were throwing stuff at the television set. Go, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You know, some guys go. I, that must have been ridiculous. But you know, you signed up to do it. You knew you were going to have mentors. You knew people were going to be giving you advice, and, that, and that's what it was. No, it was it was fine. I mean, you know, it, it is what it was. They're in a position where they even said. I mean, I I can't tell you anything. You've been doing it. That's a long true. Time. Yeah, I do I remember say, that. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes and sometimes they gave you great advice. You know. Yeah, I mean, the one piece of advice was right, they gave me was write for three minutes and 30 seconds and that will expand to four minutes and 30 seconds. And sure enough, when you're, I mean, it's not a lot of time when you think about it because you got four minutes and 30 seconds to get the audience on your side and to get them on a roll, you know, and that's not a lot of time. So if you write for three minutes and 30 seconds when you're doing big theaters, it will expand to four minutes and 30 seconds, which is the exact amount of time you had. And you don't want to be racing to get your, your finishing punchline in. Against the clock, you know what I mean. You want to be yeah. kind of
0: comfortable. Yeah, I can see that because you know they. I would think that the the best advice they would have, and Wanda too, when they were doing those things, those little breakout sessions with you guys, is that since it's her show and she knows the structure of the show, I'm sure she has a lot of great advice to say, hey, you know, because g- we're doing this, and you might want to try try this. So I, th- you know, th- those things probably seem I think more helpful than uh than the general stuff they were telling the younger folks. But um, uh, but I guess it all worked out for you.
1: Yeah. It did. I, I mean, I, I really, uh, you know, people are actually coming to see
0: me on purpose now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. Terrific. Um, and you have a busy year. I guess Rocky said he's booked all the way through January of next year.
1: Yeah, it's uh, its uh, its really kind of, uh, I mean, I have really not stopped working since I came off the show. I mean, I, I've taken a couple weeks off, but I mean, only because I wanted to. But it has been nonstop.
0: Cool, man. Well, all right. Terrific. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Because uh, it's nice to see, you know, people finally get recognition after, you know, working hard for so long you know
1: yeah thanks man i appreciate it uh, thanks for having me on and thanks for uh you know doing the interview i no, appreciate no it.
0: problem man okay talk to you later all right thank you all right, right bye Thanks again to Jimmy Schubert for being on the show. You can catch Jimmy, well, all sorts of places, but you have to go to JimmySchubert.com to find out where. He has no shows scheduled uh, in the coming weeks. I believe that is because in May, uh, they start what we call pilot season out there in California. And uh, I'm going to assume that Jimmy's going to be out there making some deals because, after all, he is an actor as well as stand-up comedian. So hopefully he's putting together a deal out there after that uh, top ten finish there in last comic standing. So best of luck to Jimmy in that endeavor. Let me see a uh, PST recorder logo designed by Dan Koble. Original music composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Uh, Let me see. Oh, go to homeshirts.com. Get yourself some vintage apparel, even if you're not from the cities of Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Milwaukee, or St. Louis. We have uh, some national brands on there, National Record Mart, IRS Records, uh, some places like that, Lazarus Department Store. Those were in uh, cities besides the ones I just mentioned. So uh, do check it out. And we also have a big defunct team section, which we're adding to all the time. So we have teams from all over the country that were in, in a defunct leagues like the World Football League and the American Basketball Association, the World Hockey Association. So do check that out. And if you use the code PFTR, you will save yourself 10%. Now, if you uh, go to the Cleveland page or to the defunct sports teams page, basically, if you buy a shirt from there, uh, we get a little action from that. So you're helping the podcast by doing that. So please do check that out. Use code PFTR. Save yourself 10%. It is now time for the hottest record in the world. And uh, this is—I uh, heard this on Radio One a couple of weeks ago as part of "Real or No Real." Uh, I don't remember if it was real or no real. The question was: uh, This is also used as a theme song for an American game show. Uh, I cannot remember if it's real or no real. Uh, the gentleman's name is Lunch Money Lewis. The song has been on the chart for six weeks here in the United States. It looks like it's peaked at number 84 and will be moving back down the chart. sadly because this song is really a lot of fun. I could see this being a, a hit at pop radio because uh, pop radio mostly stinks. But this is a really fun tune. This is Lunch Money Lewis, the hottest record in the world. Bill, so long and thanks for listening.